Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. And today, we're talking about free agents. Rod, Rod, Jerry Maguire, how you doing? Jerry Maguire! (laughs) How am I doing? I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm sweating, dude. I'm sweating my contract. Marketing yourself as a player. In pro sports, a free agent's a player who can sign with any club. And right now, free agency is looming in the CFL with a lot of pending free agents. So the question came up, can a player market themselves to a team? Today, we'll explore it. I'll talk to a player, not just any player, Rob Bag from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I'll talk to an agent. Rob Fry is an NFL and CFL player agent. We'll also talk to someone who builds websites and helps athletes with their social media channels. That's Jeff Armstead from In the Tunnel. It's free agency day on Lessons Learned in Marketing. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! Enjoy the conversation. So Rob Baggs, certainly known to everyone in Saskatchewan, uh, currently a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. My first question for Rob was, well, what's it like? What is free agency? Um, I mean, I haven't personally been a free agent that many times, or at least for very long. However, um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of, I don't know, I, I suppose it describes a wide variety of, of situations. Uh, you know, it can just be a fresh start based on the, the club's decision or or it could be an opportunity for you to, um, you know, gain a, a greater financial uh, agreement with the, your current club, um, and you're kind of just putting the pressure on them to make sure that they pay you fair value. Um, or it could also be, you know, an opportunity to go elsewhere and uh, increase your opportunities to play and make money. So, um, you know, being a free agent uh, has some uncertainty to it uh, often, I believe, um, but you know, overall, it can, uh, you know, it kind of reflects a a variety of situations, I suppose. And what's it like for players to go through free agency? You know, I've never really been a free agent, but I think a lot of us that play football, um, you know, you're almost always a free agent. Uh, Even when you sign a three-year deal because the contract's aren't guaranteed, not like a coach's contract, Um, you know, you're playing for that next year of paper, even if you've written your name on the dotted line, at any moment, it can be taken away from you. So, um, you're kind of, uh, it doesn't it sounds funny, I suppose, but you're, you often, you really are always a free agent. You have to prove your worth daily, um, even to just ensure that the current contract you signed, uh, you know, remains in, in effect um, for the, the duration of period that you guys had previously agreed upon. So what can a player do to market themselves? Um, I think it's your overall performance as a, both on the field as well as in the locker room and in the community. Um, that's kind of your resume that you're constantly building. Um, you know, when it comes to actually uh, negotiating a contract, uh, you know, generally speaking, clubs will have one or, or more than one of the general managers will either interact with you if you're, if you're representing yourself or, or if you're represented by a, a player agent, um, such as myself. I've used uh, Dan Burtley for uh, the majority of my career, um, and they kind of just act as an intermediate, I suppose, in terms of communicating between uh, how you feel, uh, I guess, what you feel your value is and what the club feels the value, uh, their, their opinion of the, your value. So it's uh, just a negotiation like any business. And, uh, yeah, some people choose to do it themselves, and others are 
are more comfortable with someone else helping them out. Um, and uh, yeah, they just go along right there. Do you do you think of yourself in terms of being a brand or or? Um, I don't know about a brand, but certainly a commodity. Um, you know, you're how much how how consistent you can be and how reliable you can be uh, when it comes to getting your job done or, or being asked to do something you're not familiar with. But you know, embracing it, embracing that challenge and and the opportunities that come with it, and, and just working hard daily to improve yourself, but also bring value to your organization, your football team. So. Um, you know, it's maybe a little bit more cutthroat than other industries. Um, if you have a couple bad days in a row, you know, that, that could be a, a drastic clear move, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, people that are, that are prepared and, and come in every day willing to work, um, and are able to, you know, every year the job force is a freshening class of, of people that are looking for the exact same, uh, opportunity that the guys had the year before. And, and ultimately, it's a numbers game, and not everyone's going to get to uh, keep playing football. So um, there really isn't uh, much time or many days to waste uh, if you're if you're trying to play uh, in the CFL or any professional uh, athletic organization. I was going to say commodity, but I thought brand sounded better. <laughs> brand sounds better, and certainly, um, you know, athletes are brands. Um, you know, some of the the biggest names, perhaps in the CFL, uh, have a little bit more individual. Um, you know, ownership over, over their name that perhaps drives a bigger crowd. Certainly in other leagues, you know, LeBron James is obviously a brand in himself, Michael Jordan. Um, I'm not sure that, uh, I certainly don't feel that way about myself. I'm not sure how many guys in the, the CFL anyways um, kind of carry that, uh, that power, but certainly just your overall, what you bring to the table overall as an individual can, can open doors for you uh, perhaps uh, while you're playing as well as uh, after football in you know avenues that aren't just on the football field yeah i think you'd i think you'd find yourself to be quite a brand name in in saskatchewan at least for sure do um do teams look or do you think teams look at stuff that happens that you do off the field as well as on the field um i can't say with certainty having never been in those you know those meetings but i think uh i think yeah i think we all have you know we all create opinions of individuals and and, and organizations, so it's an ongoing relationship back and forth. But you know, um, to be reliable in the football field, and you know, to be a spectacular football player—that's obviously what they're looking for. But they don't, uh, you know, they don't want the distractions, and they don't want you to be a—they uh, want you to bring something positive to the community, not just be uh, a detriment to it. So um, I think they do look at the overall picture. Uh, obviously, um, at the end of the day, you've got to be a great football player. And, and uh, so you got to hold up that end of the bargain first and foremost. But I think being a good person as well and a good community leader um, can help you as well. What about creating highlight tapes? Well, I know certainly when you're coming out of, uh, you know, when you're coming from college, uh, you know, highlight tapes are, are obviously very, very prevalent. And they've gotten, you know, more and more frequent with, the, you know, just the ability of YouTube. Now you can hop on and see anybody's, you know, greatest plays for sure uh, pretty quickly, it seems like. So. I think uh, the accessibility of the teams to find you and, and know what you're all about and what you've accomplished, I think it's, it's much easier now perhaps than any time before for them to do that. So uh, there's definitely something to be said about, uh, you know, passing on your resume, and that's basically what you're doing when you send in your, your film as a football player. Uh, lots of guys do that on a regular basis or have someone doing it for them when they're either a free agent or coming out of school. Um, so it's really not diff- that much different from year to year. And once you're in the league, I think, uh, you know, the GMs around the league that 
pretty, I think, have a pretty good understanding of everybody's tape, considering there's only nine teams. You see a lot of overlap uh, while you're watching your guys. You'll, you'll see who else is making plays on the other side of the ball, too. And then um, beyond, beyond football, what are the opportunities for marketing yourself, or are there any in the CFL? Um, I mean, there certainly are, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of avenues you can go, some of which I haven't. However, I, I think if you just build up your uh, reputation and your character as an individual, um, you know, instead of you perhaps looking for a specific job or something that you, you know, you want to do specifically, you might, uh, you know, kind of might uh, just broaden your, your opportunities by, you know, being well-rounded. Uh, I think being on a team obviously creates a, a culture of, um, you know, leadership, but also just accountability um, and where hard work is, uh, you know, rewarded by, by good production and results. So I think any industry or business are looking for those same kind of traits. And, and the more that we as football players kind of develop those skills in house with regards to the game of football, um, you know, I think there's other applications that they can be applied in, in, uh, in your post-football life as well. So it's just a matter of kind of finding the right opportunity and perhaps the right people and, and that's why I think as an athlete, when uh, you know someone reaches out and, and you have to shake your hand, uh, you know if you take the time to perhaps get to know get to know a few of them, um, you never know who you're going to meet and uh, and the opportunity that they're going to be able to create for you. Do you see Do you see any players that are really great at marketing themselves? Um, I mean, uh, I just think you know just overall just good character people. Again, um, you know I just keep it close to SAS. Like a guy like Chris gets off, um, you know, he hasn't played for the Riders now in a few years, but he'll still get opportunities to, you know, speak at schools or other uh, fundraisers. Um, it's just an opportunity to, for him to, you know, broaden who who really knows Chris, and, and he's done a great job of that. And, and there's guys around the league that, uh, you know, are, are in, uh, whether it's financial planning or, or real estate, use their social networking skills and, and just their reputation as a hardworking and dependable guy um, you know, to help people in the service industry. So uh, I think there's many examples of guys doing that and, and probably many others that I haven't even heard of. <laughs> Rob, my last question is, do you have a website? I don't. I use, uh, I probably should use social media more. Um, I guess I'm still kind of old school, uh, even in that regard. But I am on uh, social media with uh, Twitter. So I feel like it's a great way for people to, you know, get a small glimpse into what I'm up to, but also how I can keep tabs on other people. So that's kind of my main source for that. When it comes to employment, I still think, uh, you know, formal applications and so on and so forth are often required. I think it's maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's probably unlikely that you can just tweet at a bunch of people and, and eventually find a great job. But um, again, there's many ways to uh, get to the same point, And it's really just about putting your name out there and letting people know what you're all about. So it sounds like there isn't like a lot of aggressive player marketing that's happening to uh, put themselves in front of teams, at least not for great players like Rob Bag. I also wanted to talk to a player agent and see their perspective of free agency. I spoke with Rob Fry, an NFL and CFL player agent, to get his to get his insights on what is free agency like. Yeah, so the first step in, in free agency when it's approaching is the player always has a, an opportunity to look at his own current team that he has a contract expiring with. And obviously there, if there's not mutual interest, if the team doesn't want the player, then there's really little he can do about that and little that the agent can do about that. Um, but if there is interest from their current club, 
typically then what, what the player and agent will, will do is assess, okay, well, what, what's my market look like elsewhere? And is my current team offering me close to what my market would look like elsewhere? Are they offering me more or are they pretty far off? And that's sort of the first thing to determine um, from a contractual standpoint to explore things with your current club. And obviously fit is important and the comfortability with the coaching staff and the community. Um, and oftentimes a player might be willing to take a little bit less money to stay with their current club um, instead of going elsewhere uh, for the same or more money. Um, but if a player is ready to hit the market and wants to be marketed uh, to all the other clubs, um, the key there is not so much proving to decision makers that that player is a good player um, because there's, there's a lot of money that goes into scouting. Uh, every team has a, a group of professional scouts that scout other clubs. And so they, they all have scouting reports on other players. So it's not so much marketing, hey, my, my guy does this or my guy does this well. It's more about finding the right fit. You can explore each team and, and know each team well in terms of how they how they play players, um, what type of skill sets do they like? Do they like, for example, if it's receivers, are they looking for um, a possession receiver? Are they looking for speed receivers, um, big receivers, smaller, fast receivers? There's, if you can identify what each team's looking for and do your homework on that, then you can uh, better position players in the decision-makers' minds. So I think that's the most important thing about marketing players in free agency is identifying the needs of teams and then approaching uh, their decision makers with your players uh, to really kind of hit the right buttons with them on how this player can fit into what they like to do. Do you ever um, look at, uh, say, they're looking for a speed receiver that you then emphasize, uh, I mean, maybe your, your player or the player isn't the fastest, but you emphasize uh his speed or other things about him mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'll i'll use an example right now without using any names um i have a pretty good receiver who hasn't played as many games as some other players have so he doesn't have the full resume as far as games played um but i certainly believe he's right in the top echelon of receivers in the cfl and I think many others would agree with me. So what I've done is sort of compiled, um, I, despite playing less games, I've provided a three-year sample of this player's yards per catch and receptions per game and yards per game. And to show management that this player is right on the level of um, the top elite receivers, I put these statistics in front of management. And with something like this, I believe that, that the GMs will acknowledge that and have some more willingness to get into the top echelon money. But maybe there's another area that has to be compromised. Like like to get to that top money, it might be playtime money, uh, like a playtime bonus because of that player maybe ha- hasn't played as many games as some of the other guys due to injury. So, yeah, you can put different statistics in front of GMs to maybe display that this this receiver is complete and has all the tools like some of these other elite receivers. That's sort of one so, example of how I've so identified Rob, it. 
when you put that together, is that <laughs> sorry, I'm a, a ad guy. So is that a is that a, a flashy video or an Excel spreadsheet or is it just hey, here's the stats and it's it's not about oh yeah yeah that's a good question. It's um, we, we a lot of people are visual in, in uh, at least in this business it seems sort of old school visual. So um, really just a, a nice organized spreadsheet. Um, with, uh, it's sorted by, you know, by player and by the money they make and, and, uh, these statistics that I've identified. So who are you looking to impact? Like, who do you need to get in front of? For, for me, if, if, if you're going to get things done, um, the best person to get in front of is the general manager. That's at the end of the day, who's going to make a decision typically with their head coach in football. Um, you have positional coaches who will give their input. Um, you also have uh, assistant general managers and player personnel directors who will give their input. But really the decision makers are either going to be the general manager and together with the head coach. And at, in some organizations, even the president of the club, if it's really sort of a high level player, that's going to command a lot of money. Do you see your clients or the athletes as uh, brands? And in a sense, like would a would a team be looking at more than just their on field import? Is is off field character that kind of stuff important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say l- less about um, less about community branding and selling tickets and, and those kinds of things, even though there is value to those, but in terms of their character and how they carry themselves, that's very important from a football standpoint in the locker room and building culture within their football locker room. So yes, character and work ethic and their personalities are very important, but at the forefront is, uh, is how they're going to uh, build their football culture. And then, certainly the community and how they're going to engage in the community and sell more tickets and advertise that is also involved. But I would say the football fit is most important um, because general managers and head coaches are certainly at the forefront uh, looking to win football games and doing that the right way. But that's, that's how they're earning their keep is by winning football games first. So often athletes, uh, you know, at different points in their career have these highlight, highlight reels or these, um, they're almost hype videos, some of the ones in the States. When do, when do those come into play and how are they used? Yeah. So I always tell my, my, it's usually young clients that will put these together, usually when they're coming out of college, that they'll put these together. And I always tell them that this is great to have, um, sort of a little appetizer for scouts as we are about to go through this uh, evaluation process into the draft, but this is not a real evaluation tool. Uh, no player is ever going to be drafted to a team really in, in any sports league uh, through their highlight video. It's their evaluators are going to look at their entire game film and break down every play and make sure they're doing the little things. Uh, if you're a good player, it's pretty easy to put a highlight tape together. That makes you look good. Um, and so there's not a ton of weight that goes into these highlight videos, though they're cool and fun to watch and gets everybody hyped up. They're they're not uh, uh, nearly as important as uh, game film. Do you see do you th- do you see things changing? Have you seen changes, or do you see things changing the way the the players are 
positioning themselves or moving themselves in front of different teams? Yeah, I would say um, just through through online databases um, and uh, easier ability to get a hold of film and watch film quickly and break it down quickly. I think it's good that a lot more players are getting evaluated. I think you're finding um, a lot more players, for example, a lot more Canadians are getting opportunities in the U S um, and that's no coincidence. I, I believe that there's just a wider spread of players getting evaluated now and getting opportunities in front of scouts and decision makers because of technology really and the efficiency of it all. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I have uh, I have one last question for you. How many times have you heard show me the money? Uh, one one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that that movie um sort of planted it in my in my mind as a kid. Oh, that could be something cool to to do for work after I'm you know done done playing sports. I think so I did think it I do think it planted the the seed. Like I'm sure it has for many other uh agents doing work. So yeah, I always get a chuckle though. <laughs> is it a good reflection of uh, of what agent life is like? Yeah, I actually do. Even though it's sort of uh, somewhat Hollywoodized, if, if that's a word, I, I, it, it is pretty accurate. Those are the types of things that, on a smaller scale, I, I do go through on year to year. You know, uh, client loyalty and um, maintaining integrity in a business where often there's shortcuts that can be made. And those kinds of things that, that the character goes through in that movie. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. I, I thanks, thanks for uh, talking to me, Rob. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, it's my pleasure. I'm glad, uh, glad you reached out. It was fun talking to you. As someone who helps athletes market themselves in a way, building them websites and helping them with their social media presence is Jeff Armstead with In the Tunnel. So I asked Jeff, well, to begin with, how, do, how did you get started making websites for athletes? Yeah, so so yeah, so I mean, I started this, I was thinking about it in the car, I actually started in the tunnel uh, 18 years ago, I think it was, and it was uh, at the urgence of my boss at the time, who was the first guest of your podcast I saw, which was kind of cool, so Trevor Bolquest, oh. <laughs> uh, who I, I, when I was in high school, I started a website as a, a information processing project for someone that I looked up to. I had to make it about an individual. So I made it about a college basketball player, Mike Bibby. And a couple years later, he found the site and asked me to run it for him. So at that point, uh, Trevor urged me. He's like, you have to come up with a name or a brand for yourself. So I played around with like a on the field, uh, in the huddle, and I, I didn't want to limit it to one sport. Uh, and then in the tunnel kind of came there as the sports I was dealing with were primarily basketball and football, and even all sports, I found the athletes typically come on the field through a tunnel. Uh, so in the tunnel is supposed to be like you're in the, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing. And this started well before social media. So it, that was, it was really making the websites for these athletes and giving fans that opportunity to interact with them. So it was, it started as all websites. Yes. hundred percent. Why, why does a player need a website? Yeah, so back then it was it was a way for the player to be able to interact with his fans in a very safe 
environment. So it wasn't like a live call-in show on the radio or anything like that. And not that those things wouldn't be screened, but it was a, a way for these guys to interact easily with their fans. And I mean, I, I lucked out in that the time I started to do it, a lot of these guys were about the same age as me. So I was 21, 22, and these athletes were about that age or maybe a couple years older than me. So they were interested in, in this new technology and stuff, you know, websites. Like, you know, I think 2001, like, it's, it's a long time ago, right? So, um, you know, I think a lot of guys thought, you know, I should have a website. Like, the, the Mike Bibby thing was the first one I ever did. So he just, he had watched me, had watched the site I had made about him for a couple of years when he was playing for the Vancouver Grizzlies. And the day he got traded to a to an American team and figured he was going to be in a better Better market on TV more is when he contacted me um, somewhat anonymously and asked me some questions. He wanted to see if I was trying to get rich or if I was actually oh, a fan, yeah. <laughs> actually. Um, and, yeah, that's that's sort of where it went. But, yeah, why he needed it was he just wanted a way to be able to connect with his fans. And for him specifically, he wanted a way for he ran a basketball camp every summer. He wanted a way to be able to intake that, the registration process rather than the manual like hang up flyers back then and sub, you know mail in registration sheets so we did a uh, the 2002 Mike Bibby Basketball Academy was 100% online registration for the first time wow. and that was right after he kind of blew up in the NBA playoffs went head to head with the Lakers so that the I think he tried you usually try to cap it like 150 200 kids and they had like 450 that year and it was it was just wild. Oh, that's amazing. How much have they changed since uh that uh a lot. I mean, it's almost strictly social media now. I mean, the website I still think and I mean, it would be any kind of marketing. I mean, I still think you need a website, but for what athletes that are trying to interact with fans do social media has kind of replaced the website so the q a section of the website which fans used to submit questions via via a form on the site and they would either answer it type it out or for the really um proactive guys would record that on video to prove it was actually them answering it they can now do that on social media um websites are, are more there for again still registration forms um foundations merchandise sales that kind of stuff and does it help them uh as a uh, like i guess it must help them as a brand or brand themselves absolutely it does i mean so mike bibby is is sort of my anomaly with the nba and the, the kind of money he made i mean the majority of the guys i work with are cfl players so these guys do not play in the CFL for X amount of years and then never have to work again. So whether it is branding themselves when they're currently playing as as a as a star or someone that fans like and being able to again sell merchandise or fundraise or whatever it is to when they're and this is where my stuff has started to go is helping athletes post career continue with you know running foundations and charitable events and still being able to interact with fans now that they're you know not on tv as much anymore so the the impetus for this uh episode was to talk because free agency is coming up and there's so many free agents and um i was wondering how much uh that personal brand or how much a player markets themselves in in ways other than just being a player a great player to get on a team do players use your services whether it's social media or the websites do you think that impacts um their recruitment in any way that's a really interesting question i would say yes and no uh i think players absolutely do want to brand themselves and try to leverage 
the fact that fans are attached to them as as leverage for a team to sign them. Um, I think if you asked a team side of this, I would say a lot of them would say like business is business. Frankly, we don't care if they're, and I think the riders have kind of proven that is they don't care if you're the most popular player in the world. Business is business. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think players absolutely do, do use it. And some players use it to their advantage to be able to brand themselves as good people, period. Meaning a team could recruit them as someone who not only are they going to be good on the field for them, but good off the field because they're just generally good people that you as a organization wouldn't be embarrassed to have this person representing your brand, your city, etc. So one thing that players do to market themselves, or maybe their coaches do it for them, is they put together like a highlight reel. And I see on some of your sites, you have the players have put their highlights on there. Was it ever, uh, or is it ever sort of that putting the highlight reel together to promote themselves as a player to teams, do you think? Yes. I mean, I think that the primary reason for that was to give fans a place to go look. And actually, again, with specifically in the CFL and when I was doing it a while ago is the games weren't on TV in the States all the time. So their families back home weren't seeing them being able to play. So I think the the first reason was just to have it there so that fans and friends and family could see it. Um, but I think as, as it progressed, or I mean, I had certain guys like John Chick who would have played in the CFL for a couple of years and then went to the NFL. I think that having those highlights maybe not necessarily on their website, but having them on YouTube and when you Google his name that kind of came up, I think absolutely that could help in terms of a a highlight reel. I mean, I think that's probably agents. And I mean, that would be a a good question to ask an agent you talk to is how much do they use game footage when they're selling, um, whether they're negotiating a contract with a current team or whether it's, you know, switching leagues or even going to a different team. So I guess the the answer to my question of uh, the whole, uh, I guess, the answer to the question of do players use a website or market themselves to teams is uh, not really so, right? In, indirectly, I think, would be the, the how I would do it. I, I would really be, and I'm fascinated to hear what an agent thinks on that or what a GM would think on that. But I think from a player's standpoint, it's more of an indirect thing. I don't think they're doing it necessarily intentionally. I think if you're younger and you're in college or you're a high school kid trying to go to a college and you, you know, you join, cause there's several of these recruiting websites now where you can upload footage of yourself. I think that is where that's actually used for, because then you have coaches have access to these site databases of all these players and they can watch the film that way. But I think a player who is established and has a site for himself wouldn't necessarily be putting highlights up to, to promote himself. I think clips to let's use the CFL as an example. I I don't think that Jeremy O'Day would need to go to a player's website to see footage of him. I think they have integral video systems that is probably way better than the the TV. And actually, I think a lot of football teams themselves actually wouldn't want the TV cut. They would want the end zone view and stuff like that. Well, there you go. That's the show on free agency. Thank you so much for listening. And special thanks going out to Rob Bag, Rob Fry, and Jeff Armstead. Talk to you next week.
Nothing to retract.